Uh, firstly, welcome to Seven Oaks Sports Talks. My name is Steve Brenchley. I'm the Assistant Director of Sport. Um, and obviously the theme of this podcast is netball, but we'll be discussing a number of other topics. Uh, what connects my three guests is they're all part of a performance pathway uh, and interestingly uh, at different age levels. So together we can compare and contrast experiences that we might find useful with each other in the first instance, but also there might be some good advice for aspiring netball players or indeed aspiring athletes listening. So uh, without further ado, uh, we welcome Maddie Brown, who is in her first year in the Pulse uh, Performance Pathway in the South Kent Hub, uh, position the goal attack, goal shooter. Welcome and congratulations, Maddie. Um, next, we have Ellie Allen, who's in her second year in the Pulse Performance Pathway in the North Kent Hub, uh, position wing attack centre. Welcome and congratulations again. Uh, and Easy Fox, who is in her first year in the official uh, Pulse Performance Pathway in the under-19 LPS, LPL squad. Um, she's previously been with the Surrey Storm under-15 MPL squad and a position of wing defence and centre. Welcome. And congratulations once again. Lovely to have you all here. Thank you very much for being here with us. Um, current position. So we might as well uh, talk what we're up to at the moment. If I could just sort of ask you, what does training look like at the moment for you? And even better, if you've got any advice for any aspiring young netball players as to what they can do to improve, given the constraints that we're currently in. Izzy, can I ask you that question first? Yeah, so I am currently training twice a week. I have one session SNC and one session which is just um, a netball-based session. Normally, when we're not in virtual, I would be having three sessions a week, which sounds a lot, um, but it's actually really crucial for getting together with your team, building up those team skills um, and just kind of your own skills in person. Um, I think given that a lot of my training sessions are drill-based, fast feet-based, ball skills of core, um, some match play, but there's been less than there probably usually would be because of the pandemic, I think one really good thing to do is find a ball on a wall. I know it sounds really, really um, sort of fundamental, but really, if you can find a wall, it's the best thing ever um, because that's literally where all your reactions are going to be coming from. And also one thing I really, really like is getting a reactable because they have so many different dimensions to it. If you're um, a goal shooter, a center, a defender, it really doesn't matter sort of what position you are. If you can get one of those balls that allows you to sort of feed off all dimensions of the wall, it really, really improves your reaction skills. Also one thing when I started um, when I was training for sorry, Storm, I think it was, one of the things that sort of really helped me was drawing my own centre circle um, just in my backyard. So we just had a really sort of simple patio. You could do this maybe on grass as well. It doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, I just kind of made my own centre circle and something that really helped me um, as a transition to centre, because previously I was a defender, was um, using my wall and trying to land as close to the circle edge as possible. Um, because I feel it really helps in sort of um, accuracy when you're actually playing in a game, because obviously those habits really breed to just something that you will do naturally. 
Um, ball skills, really, really important. I think something that I really practice a lot is just ball to wall, throwing the ball, catching it, obviously, just overhead to the right, to the left. Also fast paced running when you're throwing the ball on the wall. Um, and also just ladders. I think a ladder is a really great investment um, in, in this time particularly because fast feet, <laughs> fast feet have always been something that I personally have struggled with because I've been a defender for so long. I naturally take a very wide stance. So I think fast feet are great, especially if you're transitioning into a different position. Um, another thing that I really, really like and I think should be a staple in everyone's training, hill sprints and really short burst running. Um, my coach at Pulse has been trying to get me into this a lot more. I used to do a lot of long um, distance running and it's been quite hard for me to factor that out of my training. But, but um, I, I think hill sprints have been really what have helped me in my acceleration on core because there are a lot of fast girls in um, the MPL <laughs> and you really need to set yourself apart from those. And one of the best ways to do that is with running. And I know it's not what you want to hear but even if you do really fast interval training that really can help you a lot so that's what I would recommend just at home if you can't sort of get to do all the things that you would normally do um yeah that's just really what I, I would say to do uh, that, that's perfect and it looks like you are sounds like you're mixing up your training which I think is really crucial to uh make sure you're just keeping things fresh and there can be a monotony associated with being in lockdown but it sounds like you not only working on your physical development, but also being really creative and working on how you can improve technically as well. Um, Ellie, can I just ask that question to you? What 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 are you what does your training look like at the moment? And on top of obviously the, the physical development stuff, is there anything else you're doing? I know there's lots of lots of netball on on television at the moment. Is it something that you think can help if you're watching the you know the top level performers play and analyze them as well? Yeah, to be honest, um, so London Pulse have, for the hub athletes, they have a session a week, um, which consists of like ball skills, footwork and like a cardio kind of type of workout. Um, but also they send out a um, like a weekly challenge, which is against the other hubs and I think the MPL squads as well, um, which is just, I don't know, a quick, I don't know, half an hour um skills based work like work so today um I did like ball work and stuff but last week it was like how fast can you do a, um a 5k run and things like that um I do a club training session a week um which is kind of similar to the London Pulse um like workout so lots of cardio um to keep the fitness up and then I do obviously I do school um on a Tuesday as well um but yeah, it's been really exciting that netball's um, started again. The Super League starts today, actually. Um, yeah, and it'll be really cool to see like London Pulse playing some other teams um, and watching what, I suppose, what the very best do. Um, whether watching, I don't know, the movement or some of the tactics or just their temperament under pressure um, would be quite, in it's just quite interesting to watch, I suppose. Yeah, great. And uh, same question for Maddie. So what are you doing at the moment? And just to extend on on Ellie's point there, when you are watching one of these Super League games, are you watching 
the person specific to your position or are you watching the, the whole picture or are you watching some different patterns of how they're playing or you know how are you managing to bring the ideas that you're seeing there and to reflect upon your own game um yeah so my training program is the same as ellie's with the hub um so in terms of watching uh, netball on tv um i guess you kind of have a focus on your position um and when we're watching um we always kind of going back and forth on our group chat within the hub kind of picking up on things like that um yeah so we kind of you do watch your position specifically um but you just kind of watch how they move um and then kind of their passing just in general i think um great stuff and sounds like you're obviously doing a lot during this uh, lockdown period and, and really working hard to improve yourself as players which i think every every aspiring athlete should have that growth mindset as to what they can do to improve given the constraints that we're under at the moment um so uh Izzy, you mentioned about ordinarily what your training looks like and the expectations of being in a performance pathway, which are obviously fairly extensive, you know, on top of what you're doing, the training you're doing at school and on top of your academic commitments there. Can you tell me how you how you manage those academic commitments and, um, you know, based on previous experience and any recommendations you can make to to sort of aspiring players? Yeah, of course. I have this conversation with girls in my sport all the time because obviously we're just ordinary people, the same as anyone else. Um, and it is quite difficult to find that balance between work and sport. Um, and it's something I've actually struggled with in the earlier points of my Neville journey, um, trying to find a good balance. But I think I've got it quite right now um and i think also it's just one thing that i love about sports because it really granted me that new perspective to time management so one thing i would say is if you can get up for training you can get up to do your work um <laughs> i used to get up at like seven o'clock to go to sorry sports park and train and i'd be training there for two three hours and i'd be thinking about all that homework that i had to do similarly before I came to Pulse I would be training till midnight sometimes I'd get home at half midnight and I would not have time for the work that I had to do so one thing you really need to know your routine you need to manage your expectations and you need to prepare a schedule preparation is key and poor preparation it, it breeds poor performance basically um if I know that I have an essay that I need to do, I will crack the back of it the day before, even the week before. I will get up at 6am to make sure I've done and drafted all my points. If I have a test, I'll make sure that I dedicate extra time to that, whether that be losing a break time at school or getting up early or just doing it in the car. The car is literally gold time because I know a lot of girls that come from Essex, come from London, come from other areas of the country where it's a very very long drive and if you can utilize that time in the car to the full extent I mean I write essays in the car all the time um and it can be quite distracting but it's what you have got to do and what you need to prepare yourself to be doing if you want to get to the kind of pathway that you're on um and you kind of you you can't leave it all 
because otherwise it will just build up and it'll be completely overwhelming. So you really just need to manage your time um, and you need to know what your, if you get into one of those MPL um, hubs or pathways, you need to know what you're getting yourself into because work for a lot of people is extremely important, um, mm. like for me. So you really need to sort of know what you're going to be doing. Yeah, it's interesting. You obviously uh, you paint a candid picture of how of how tough it is, but at the same time, it sounds like it's it's really teaching important life lessons. You know, discipline, your focus, and things like that that are potentially transferable to other aspects. You know, your your academics as well. So, um, Ellie, can I ask a question to you and and how far ahead you are planning in terms of academics, knowing what your schedule looks like? In an ordinary word, outside of outside of COVID. To be honest, um, I'm similar to Izzy, so I'm definitely like getting better um, at balancing the two. I suppose when I was younger, so probably in year like seven or eight, I didn't really, I didn't really know how to balance the two. You know, I'd spend too much time on one, and then the other would come crashing down. Um, but I suppose. What I found was uh, really helpful is that London Pulse actually held um, lots of, I suppose, educational talks um, last summer, um, which I thought was great. One of them being like planning, um, which I do now pretty much weekly. Um, I suppose just lay, for me, laying things out um, on a piece of paper um, and pretty much it telling me what I have to do in that week is really helpful. Um, which I definitely recommend for people who struggle with like the sport um, and academic academic balance. Um, but also I think a key point to make is that communicating with coaches and communicating with teachers is really, really important. Yeah. Um, speaking, I don't know, whether it be speaking to the teacher and asking for an extension um, or speaking to the netball coach saying, look, um, would I be able to leave, you know, half an hour early um, to just get on with some work um at home as i'm i'm feeling really overwhelmed or whatever um but i think i have to admit um until recently i didn't realize how i don't know communicating with people um is really really helpful i suppose yeah I th I, as you said there i think it's a learning process and it's interesting hearing your view uh, izzy's views and your views as well and you're kind of in that learning process phase um, and then Maddie, I hope obviously that's some good advice for you and some some recommendations that will prove valuable as people going, being been through the same process that you're going through. Maddie, can I just ask you about the um, just being in your first year in the performance hub? How is how have you found the difference in in standard and how has that subsequently improved you as a player in comparison to the to the playing at school or club that you've been doing previously? Um, I definitely say there's more pressure is probably the main difference because um, we're constantly having to submit scores and times for things um, which I hadn't really done previously um, so I definitely found that quite difficult. Um, there's also another difference as we kind of as Ellie said the webs um, we do lots of online workshops so kind of covering topics such as injury prevention um, which I don't Think I really had any idea about beforehand because I used to get injured quite frequently um, so they've been really useful um, yeah and then I think another um, main difference is that there are expect can be, there's an expectation that you do most of the training by yourself kind of there's nobody to um, you're not kind of 
put into a group and then forced to do it you've got to go away and do it by yourself in your own time um, which has been quite difficult for me to kind of make that transition. Mm. And that's really interesting you say that and maybe if I can ask Izzy as you're a bit further down the line how are the expectations different at uh, at Pulse as they would be in comparison to your, your school or your club is it that you are being ask more questions and is is as Mally, Maddie alluded to there is there more emphasis on you taking responsibility to develop oh yeah definitely um I mean there are so many girls that want your place <laughs> if someone gets injured the realities are the girls will be happy about it they want your place and everyone is really competitive um they want to get in that final squad and really you have to be driven you have to be self-sufficient you have to be dedicated um and you need to focus on your weaknesses um and one of the things that's really really good about it is that having um, frequent consultations with your coach and attention to well-being um, looking at if your position is best for you something that a lot of the girls have actually been exposed to in my squad recently is um, they've been changed uh, positions so I think two of my friends were actually playing goal defense and then the coach just says right no I don't like you in this position we're putting you in goal attack and they have to know how to react to that they have to be flexible with what they're doing um, and they have to try and practice that position as much as they can um, and adapt to what's expected of them um, I think in terms of expectations definitely you need to be the best you can be um, but the, but the coaches know that you're not going to be the best you can be all the time I think Ellie was talking about some of the uh, workshops that Pulse had put on recently and we had one on periods and health within sport. And it was actually so nice to hear the coaches talking compassionately about the, how they would help you if you were having really bad pains or a really bad day um, or if you just weren't feeling up to it. Um, so, yes, there is an extremely competitive environment. Mm. But I also think it's one of the best environments I've been in for mental health as well the Super League and the franchises really take it seriously because obviously you are an elite athlete and you need that kind of care. Um, and so there is that particular disparity between, I think, Club Netball and um, and Super League and MPL. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. And uh, probably to, to Ellie, um, Izzy talks about the environment and how the environment is different and how it's hugely competitive but at the same time pretty supportive um do you think that environment ellie is set by is it set by the the group of athletes or is it set by the coaching staff and and what, what is good about the pulse environment and culture how are you able to replicate that back in a school environment um to be honest um i think at pulse um everyone you know everyone wants to be there everyone wants to train exceptionally hard everyone wants to be at their full capacity um as much as they can um just from the fact like just just to i suppose impress the coaches um to impress your teammates and to do the best for the team i suppose um for me i think at london pulse one of the the key advantages is that you're playing with older players um who are more like physically like stronger than me um 
and also like mentally um, just more experienced, I suppose. So you learn new tactics from them. Um, I think the environment which I learn like uh, the most in would be um, like London Pulse, just from the fact, London Pulse and my club actually, just from the fact that um, there's other girls who 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 have had different experiences, I suppose. Um, so, for example, like Izzy plays in my club, so she's had I don't know the experience of the under nineteen MPL. So when she comes back to like training, she can share her um, I don't know share some of the comments that the coach made or share some tactics that they've been working on, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. Um, Maddie, can I ask you, trialling is obviously something that any aspiring athlete needs to undergo and often find it quite a pressurised situation and difficult to perform to the best of their ability. I know this year has been a little bit difficult, but maybe could you ask, could you could you just tell me what advice you would have for people trialling in whatever sport it may be? Is it, do you go into it with the mindset of, performing the basics to the best of your ability or do you look to do things to try and stand out to get yourself selected um I personally always just look to do the basics well um, like accurate passing good footwork always looking alert and active um just being trying to be a good team player um yeah that's just what I do personally I know it's kind of different for each individual um but at the end of the day they kind of just want committed players um, and so I think it's just as long as, as long as you're kind of showing that you're putting in effort, I think that's kind of, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, no, it's good. And um, just to follow up with Izzy, do you think that obviously coaches are looking when they're selecting, they're looking at the skill and they're looking at the athletic ability, but do you think the character of the individual is important? You you spoke about people changing positions and needing to be flexible and, and resilient and things like that. How much Fact, how much do you think coaches factor that in to, uh, in terms of who they're investing their time into? Oh my gosh, I have so much to say about trialing. <laughs> it can be it can be the most daunting thing ever. Honestly, one of the experiences that has stuck with me forever has been when I was trialing for the under fifteen sorry storm uh, squad when I was thirteen. And I hadn't ever been to a trial like that before. There were 300 plus girls that we were all outside. Everyone was cramped. Um, and one thing, when you get your number, you won't get it like in a Kent trial. You won't get a nice little paper number. You'll have to draw it on your skin and make sure it's extremely large because they don't care. If they can't see your number, they're not going to tell you and they're not going to talk to you about it. Um, but yeah, one of the things that really struck me was... Um, you get allotted time periods for your play. Um, and some girls, they won't show up to theirs. They won't be there for their time periods. Um, and there will be bibs free. Um, and one of the things is, if there are bibs free, you volunteer for that bib. Doesn't matter if you're a center and the bib is goal attack, you need to volunteer every single time. And that only struck me when, um, some girls were having five matches and I'd only had two. Um, and I think, I don't know whether that was just an error or they just really didn't have time to allot everyone because there were so many girls. Um, and I actually had to volunteer for a goal attack position. <laughs> and I was talking to my mom about it afterwards. And she said, I think you played better in that goal attack position. 
than you had for any of your wing defense positions. Um, and I managed making it to the to the next round um, based solely, I think, off that position. Um, I think in terms of advice, I have so much to say about this. Um, Go for I it. think don't look the same as everyone else. One of the things is you want to look different and you want to look like you if someone else looks the same to you change something about yourself whether it be the hair or just the way that you shout I think commanding attention in trials is really important so whether that be sort of sticking up your hand or calling out they also want someone who exudes sort of enthusiasm and um, communication one of the things that will make you stand out is if you can form a connection with someone in your team very early on or if you can communicate effectively with your whole team, that really demonstrates that you can do that in a team environment where you don't know anyone in an MPL. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think if you can be very extroverted, um, and you can go up to people, if you can demonstrate that you're a natural leader um, as well, um, that's very useful. Um, if you are allocating with positions, which you most likely will be, they won't be saying, oh yes, um, I don't know, actually, this might happen in sort of a Kent level trial or something higher, but you need to be assertive and go for those positions because those other girls don't care. They mm -hmm. want your position um, <laughs> and you need to get your position. Um, also, one thing, if you're on the sideline um, and you know that one girl you're playing against is playing a match right now, analyze her movement. Look what she does well, um, look what she doesn't do well and try and beat her, <laughs> look better than her. Um, and yeah, I just think calling, speaking, learning from mistakes as well is really, really good. When I was in Birmingham and I was trialing for the under 15 pulse side, I didn't get it because I made the same mistake 10 times. I obstructed far too much. If you can show that you make a mistake, but you learn from it in the trial experience, that looks good to selectors because you prove your potential. And also it's so tempting to look at the selectors all the time, but don't do it because I used to do that all the time. You've got an interception. Oh, look at the selectors. Don't do it. Just focus on the game. Focus on you. Um, and as Maddie said, I think the basics, distance, footwork, there are so many errors that can give the other team an advantage in gameplay. So don't show that innate weakness at the trial day because they want someone that knows those basics and fundamentals um, and they don't want someone that's going to let them down at the last minute in the last goal. So that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fascinating. I think that's really good advice as well. You know, not many people when they're trialing and they're on the sidelines will be analysing their opponents um, and also sort of self-reflecting and correcting mistakes. So I think that's really valuable advice. Obviously, once you get past the trialing, Ellie, um, the coaches will start to know you a little bit better and start to understand your character and just what I've what I've seen you play netball you you seem like you are more vocal than anyone else on the on the court you're probably more determined you're moving a lot more so I guess there are characters within you that coaches will appreciate once they start to work a bit closer with you do you think this is something that can be developed through sport or is it just something innate that comes to you as a netball player so like so going back to um like the whole trialing process i think that for me personally um that uh, so i've learned this quite a lot this year um but 
it's good. It's really good to have those basics. Um, you want to have them so you can fall back on them when you're really, really nervous and stuff. But the sad thing is that the, um, the assessors um, are looking at you for probably max 30 seconds. So you want to make, you know, that amazing interception. You want to make like an amazing drive or something mm. um, to get, I suppose, to get their attention, I suppose. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, for me, I think that a character can be developed through sport, but it has to come from you. Mm. Um, as a player, I'd say, yeah, I am very vocal on the pitch because I always have, you know, I always want to make um, the team upbeat. I always want to make the team, you know, the best it possibly can. Um, and motivating my team um, is what I really like to do, I suppose. Um, I'm like really, really like passionate for netball and stuff. So I think like character for me is always quite like natural. Like my dad also loves sport and stuff. So I suppose I've always had like the um, like a right attitude and determination towards it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going back to like, can character be developed through sport? I suppose I personally think that character is the most important thing. And that skill can be developed through, you know, having an amazing coach can develop your skills to become, you know, the best netball ever. But if you don't have those fundamental like character traits, like determination, um, like, yeah, um, I don't think you'll become the best netballer that you can. So I think it's really important to make sure that you're doing that for the right reasons and that, you know, you want to be there. You want to you want to have the challenge and you know how when winning you know what that feels like but also when losing how to pick yourself up i think that's really important yeah that's a really good point um the the value of character and the fact that it's, your skill is only going to get you so far um but what's going to differentiate you between the other 300 people potentially that as you said that are that are trialing is is potentially your character and i wonder if that comes from other sports as well maddie i know that you play every other sport and i see you with various you know, other sporting equipment mainly tennis rackets wandering around the school what what value do you think playing other sports um has uh, in terms of improving you as a netball player um i think it's definitely helped with my kind of fitness footwork and particularly coping with pressure um when you're playing tennis you're the only person kind of in a team there's just you and so you're the only person responsible um, and the slightest error can kind of mess up everything. And so that's definitely helped. I've definitely noticed that I've felt less nervous over time. Um, I just think being in high pressure situations has definitely helped my netball. Um, yeah. And I just think, yeah, I've just felt that it's always, it's always kind of, yeah, just really helped me with my pressure, with pre dealing with pressure, nerves. Um, yeah um i'll ask this question to, to all three of you if uh, a couple of parts to it what general advice would you would you offer for younger students athletes looking to aspire to to get on performance programs or you know to improve their game in whatever sport it would be and and the second part to the question is what are your aspirations as a netball player uh, moving forward firstly to izzy um, I have many things to say about this. I guess it kind of leads on from the character aspect of what we're talking about. Um, I think your resilience will save you. Um, 
I've got rejected many times. I know how that feels and it's not a nice feeling. And I've come away extremely disappointed in my performance, really happy with my performance. Um, but all you really have in the end is your resilience and your determination to get back up. Um, and it can be developed. Sitting on the bench sucks. Um, it's not great, but you just have to get over it. Analyze what the other person does wrong, do it better. Um, I love competitiveness in sport. I think it's great. Um, and I think that's possibly what saved me um, as an athlete. Um, when I tore my ligaments in my right foot, it was terrible. It was probably the worst I've ever felt. My, um, my mental health was at an all-time low. I just didn't want to do anything. Um, but actually seeing all the girls still playing and seeing what I could accomplish really helped me heal um and helped me get back up again um I think for other people you just really you just have to find your why in sport and for me that's my mental health and that's my competitive streak I love sport um and I love being better than other people um <laughs> which is basically why I do it um and I also love the team spirit there's nothing better than winning <laughs> there really isn't um for me, I feel as though I sort of, in my improvement, I guess I would say, um, I need to sort of work on my speed, work on my manual marking, um, and sort of where I'm aspiring to go is to compete at that top MPL level. I want to be as good as I can be, and in my off season, I need to practice um, and I need to learn from everyone. If you're taking tips from those around you like Ellie said whether it be from older players or your coach you really need to listen to everything they're telling you um, and to meld all that advice advice into sort of one massive message um, for you yourself um, yeah I just I really think you need to find your why as to what is going to make you a great netballer for me that's the competitive aspect of it um, and yeah just love love it really I started netball I couldn't even catch a ball or throw a ball <laughs> I had to go to boost club because I was so inept um <laughs> honestly I don't know really what started it um but I think I just love the team spirit I just I love it um and the feeling you get it's like nothing else and you just you need to know why you're doing it and you need to just want to do it because it's you, you're the only one that can make you you great or not. It's mm. no one else is going to do it for you. So you just need to analyze what you're doing wrong and just make it better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's useful. And I, I totally agree with you that it's that internal drive that's going to be the difference between you succeeding and, and not succeeding. And I think it's really important that that is innate in you and that will be able to drive you on to, to be able to self-reflect and you know things like that to improve. Um, and Ellie, just the same same question to you, general advice you have uh, and what are your aspirations as a netball player? Um, to be honest, for me, I always look at the stuff that I need to improve on. So especially this year, I haven't like until this year, I didn't really realise how important going to like the gym and, you know, building muscle and becoming more physical um, is like I didn't realise that was such a key aspect of my netball. Mm. Um I'd say definitely have goals. So at the moment, my goal is to like get better um, elevation off the floor when I go up for an intercept or something. Um, 
and when you've accomplished that goal definitely like make new ones you know where do you want to go you have to ask yourself you know what don't I do as well um as other players um and yeah um for like my aspirations I think to be honest just to get to the highest level that I'm capable of um I don't necessarily have a goal on where I want to get to because I don't know I just haven't really like decided but making sure I'm the best netball player and also the best person I can be um, is really important, I think. Great stuff. And the same question for you, Maddie. Uh, what advice would you have and what are your aspirations? Um, advice, I'd just say practice, practice, practice. At the end of the day, it all just comes down to hard work. Um, and then in terms of my aspirations, I just want to continue to play and improve as much as possible. Um, and maybe play for a university team one day. So, yeah. Great stuff. Um, that's some great bit of advice, girls. And you know, you've been through identifying what your why is, and that should be your internal drive. To Ellie talking about goals, and and importantly, being able to adapt your goals. And then Matt, Maddie, just with the hard work that is fundamental to to improving at anything, really. Um, girls, we will leave it there. You've been very eloquent and fantastic ambassadors for. Um, everything you stand for. I think your ability to self-reflect and your honesty is, is admirable. And I think those abilities will, I'm sure, give you every chance for further success. So thank you very much for joining me. It's been much appreciated. Um, thanks again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.